0: It takes more than replying to every code review comment with, that's out of scope for this task, to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 324. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers who
1: just don't want to incorporate code review feedback. Please submit a reproducible minimal test case.
0: (laughs) What is it? What's that thing they ask you to do in open source projects? Minimal reproducible...
1: Yeah, it's like a minimal reproducible example or something. There's yeah, some phrase Yeah, minimal reproducible for example. Yeah. I'm sure that's not it, but now it will be through the power of this podcast. Um, yeah, you just need to ask for enormous amounts of work from people asking you for changes. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not convinced yet. Please cite several studies Yes. or go perform them.
0: Well, you know what they say. People who love their job will never work a day in their life. And so will people who insist on unachievable standards for feedback. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I should thank our patrons. That's what I should do. Should I do that now? Yes. It's in scope. Okay. All right. Thank you so much to these folks who support us at the level where we shout them out every single week. Thank you to Kent C. Dodds, Theodore Savin, Memester Josh, Jenny Kim, Owen Shartle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot. Alice Jost, Andrew Pollock, No Cheating, Lanfair Pilignigogurki Quidnerbridigul's Kogogok. Nailed it. That's what I think. Koshocton Ohio. Patreon.com.au we're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, testing is documenting.org. Will Angel, who does not have stinky feet, Then who has stinky feet. Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Even to that town that makes me sound silly every time I say the name. Um, if you want to <laughs> join these these folks and help support the show, help us keep it going, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And if you do, we will uh, reward you with, I'll just like applaud <laughs> a little bit and you'll feel it. And you'll get an invite to our Slack <laughs> community. And your wildest dreams will come true.
0: <laughs> can I get the, pl- the applause without the Slack invite?
1: Yeah, you can redeem the Slack invite for, for more applause okay. <laughs> if you return it. Then I'll applaud again. That's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: Oh, man. All right. Should I read our first question?
1: Please, please do.
0: Okay, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, I'm currently a junior engineer. I often struggle to understand speakers with accents. I became aware of this when I listened to a coworker in a meeting and barely understanding anything. But when I asked my other colleagues, it seemed they got it completely. I know how to handle this in relaxed situations, but how do I handle it when the stakes are higher, such as talking to higher levels and not wanting to ask too many questions based on my inability to hear them or interviews, dot, dot, dot. How should I prepare to respond to these situations productively?
1: The only winning move is not to play. Never do any <laughs> interviews. Never speak to anyone <laughs> at a higher level than than yourself in the company.
0: Find a company that does all communication through Slack. Text that would text work too, only.
1: but I Yeah. I mean you I don't know how much of a joke that is, but uh that is a nice benefit of of async communication is that it's easier to understand You don't get an accent in in text.
0: Yes, but also that's only one part of my suggestion, text only. But the second part is everyone speaks Esperanto, level the playing field.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. I mean, some people are going to learn Esperanto more quickly, though, so it won't stay level,
0: right? Yeah. Well, no playing field can stay level.
1: That's true, unless there's the... Playing field leveler machine that just smashes it down over (laughs) and over again. Every week. As soon as someone learns Esperanto, bam, you switch (laughs) languages. (laughs) No one will get ahead. We are all (laughs) learners.
0: Next week, it's Klingon. Oh, language of the week. Tolkien, Elvish, Klingon, Esperanto. Okay, I've got the first three weeks laid out. We only need a few hundred more.
1: Yes. I mean, who said it has to be a, a... like human language. It could be a programming language. Oh yeah. This week we communicate completely through Visual Basic.
0: <laughs> Me dot raise, you dot approve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you crash your company by writing ten go to five yeah. or I don't know, whatever that is. I've never written basic or a visual basic.
0: <laughs> I'm tired of this conversation. Five colon, six colon, go to five.
1: Do I handle this? Okay. I'm not going to say this is a... Actually, never mind. I am going to say this is a good suggestion. This is a great suggestion okay. and it's easy to do.
0: <laughs> all right. You, okay. And
1: everyone should be able to pull it off simply. Hold on. Um, let me, let, me, go, let, let do... me go
0: get my popcorn. Hold on. Okay. Uh, no, right. no, go okay.
1: On. <laughs> all you need to do is create a culture of taking notes during meetings, um, which if it already exists is really easy to do. And if it doesn't can be kind of hard. I wonder, there's, there's a bunch of different possibilities here. This could be, maybe it's, maybe it's like an expat. Maybe there's someone living in a different country where they work with folks and work in that country's native language. Maybe it's a company that employs people from all over the place. So there's kind of like a, a melting pot of different accents, but it's possible that you might not be the only person struggling to understand this, despite the fact that your colleagues all misled you into thinking they got it completely. Yeah. Like, did you understand anything that person said? And they all went, Yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's actually a practical joke. <laughs> and it's not like you can quiz them because you didn't understand what they said, so <laughs>
0: you have to <laughs> isolate them into different rooms and then ask each of them to tell the story and then check ah. for inconsistencies.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that's once that's done, then you create the culture of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> taking notes in meetings, um, which I have found so helpful in so many ways. It's really helpful to clarify like when stuff needs to happen because of a meeting. I feel like meetings are are less off, less likely to just end up with talking and then no outcome or action because someone's someone's kind of propelling it forward by writing down what is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy to share with people who weren't there because you can present the notes and and if someone does a good enough job taking notes then then uh they can get the gist of it um it's also easier to detect misunderstandings in general not just from accents but like if you are saying something and then you go look at the notes and see that the notes say a different thing than what you intended mm-hmm. you can you can maybe correct that yeah instead of just assume everyone understood you and then and then Years later, figure out like, oh, the car's upside down instead of right side up. Or, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whatever the consequences. And,
0: and let's not pretend like this is limited to spoken language accents because I was born speaking English and I am often misunderstood when I speak. And I found that when people write notes of what they heard me say, I am sometimes a little surprised. Like, yeah. oh, that's the opposite of what I wanted to convey. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So this is this is like a universal technique. Right, having a note yeah. a note taker, and I think it solves many more problems than just I I struggle to understand certain accented spoken language spoken English.
1: Yeah, which is which is why I think it's especially effective in this situation because accents can be a, a tricky, sensitive cultural thing. Right, you don't want to come across as as uh kind of like insulting other people or or saying that they're whatever the language they're speaking in their their accent is too uh, harsh if it's your native language or um if you're trying to understand it it's kind of uh, if if it's the other direction it can be kind of vulnerable to say i actually do not understand this language very well <laughs> you know um but if you pitch it as this thing that has universal benefits it just so happens to help you understand what's going on in the meeting uh if if you have trouble with these accents yes i've also found accents for me become a lot easier with exposure yeah yeah me um too. and and the more you can immerse yourself in it the easier it can be to understand and so you need to pick up like whatever kind of entertainment media is exported by this culture and just start diving into it
0: yeah it's totally a learned skill i think don't have a fixed mindset on this like oh well someone speaks with an accent i'll never understand them it's like oh that's a that's a bad attitude this is absolutely something you can develop i i know firsthand i've spent a lot of time with people for whom English is not their first language that they were born speaking. Um, no one is born speaking, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, it's it's great. Like I, I uh, it's absolutely something that has developed and um, is totally doable.
1: When I was a child, I moved from Chicago to Minnesota, and they all have weird accents in Minnesota,
0: but not Chicago. Weird how
1: everyone else besides me <laughs> yeah. had the had a weird accent. Yeah, um, and I didn't want to point it out to them because I didn't want to make them feel bad. <laughs> But it was kind of hard to understand. And soon I was blending in with the natives saying things like a bagel instead of bagel. Seriously? And yeah. Don't you know. I put my bagel in the bag. No, is it? I put my bagel in the bag? In the bag, yeah. I think it might be that. Yeah, put, I don't know. Put the I, I lost the, the skill, big. as you can yeah. tell. But, uh, delightful experience. I
0: don't know how you could ever understand bagel. It's just like,
1: that's a different thing. How would you eat a bag? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Although, re- reports of saying, don't you know, are widely exaggerated. Ah, oh, that's experience. too bad. I don't think I heard that very much.
0: That's too bad. Yeah. I like it better when my stereotypical view of the world is confirmed as accurate.
1: Does it match your stereotypes that it gets like 50 below zero sometimes? <laughs> yes. <in the> <laughs> does. All right. Well, that one, true. Okay, Check yes. it off. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel a lot better now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So
0: I had an interesting experience once with a couple of people from England and they uh, they said to me, uh, well, not they said to me, they were speaking about accents and um, they, they said, there is no mainstream neutral British accent. He said, the closest we come is by talking the way the newscasters talk. And I thought, huh. that's interesting. And then they also went so far as to say that, their ears were better than my ears as a as an american at understanding different accented english because they grew up exposed to a broader variety of spoken english just even within people in england this this was their assertion
1: i mean you have those colonial ears yeah.
0: <laughs> rebel low quality rebel ears <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and I I had the audacity to say to them that I felt that I had a neutral English accent, and when I said that out loud, these two guys just started laughing so hard because huh. they were like, "No, you have a thick American accent. It's so bad." And then I, I thought to myself, "I don't I don't think I speak with a with an accent, but clearly I do. If you're British,
1: wait. When you said I I do not have an accent, you meant." English as a whole to, to, like, the global population of English speakers?
0: Well, I think that's how they took it to sound. but oh, okay. But what I really meant to say was I have a neutral American accent. Like, I think it would be very difficult yeah. for you to pin me to a geography based on the way I speak English. Yeah. And uh, But, of course, they took that to mean they were like, ha, 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 you ill-informed, narrow-minded American. I mean, they just
1: had a great laugh at it. Isn't there the mid-Atlantic accent, a consciously learned accent of English? Used by early 20th century American upper class and entertainment. Yeah, it's it's like this fake, made up accent. Yeah, like
0: it was big in movies in the early 1900s. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: we should bring that back.
0: I'm trying to think of a, yeah, like the Franklin, Eleanor Roosevelt accent that you hear in
1: recordings and stuff. I I should be listening to you, but guess what I'm doing?
0: Looking at YouTube for <laughs> Mid Atlantic accent examples. Yes, I am. <laughs>
1: I'm sure you said good stuff.
0: <sighs> okay, well, now I know what I'm doing with my afternoon.
1: Huh. Yeah, watch out for some changes to the podcast. <laughs> <next week. laughs> I love I love that this accent is totally fabricated.
0: It didn't evolve on its own. Oh, yeah. It's like people deliberately chose to speak differently so that they would sound more educated, rel- wealthy, or higher status. It's incredible.
1: Imagine the first person to do this though. Like, they sound like an idiot. How how <laughs> bold is that person, yeah. right? Well,
0: I, I'm just going to make up an accent. I mean, it's like just as bold as when celebrities wear weird fashion and then suddenly everyone's wearing that fashion, right? It starts with status yeah. and then morphs into the language, probably not the other way. This is my uh, this is my non-linguistic
1: expert guess. I believe you.
0: Of course you do, see? I speak with a middle like an accent. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, have we answered the question?
0: Uh I, I think so. So in, in summary, uh focus on written, spend more time getting exposed to people who speak differently than you. That's probably a good thing anyway. There's like fringe benefits to that. You know? Yeah. And uh develop a mid Atlantic accent so no one can understand you either.
1: Yeah. You'll you'll yeah. If you if you are like you need to kind of draw everyone towards a common made up accent. Yeah. All right. I should read the next question. Go for it. So I will. I always do what I should. <laughs> Can't get This is no exception. <laughs> hey, fellas, as a back-end dev with three years of experience, I have what I would describe as average technical skills and much stronger than average soft skills. This has been reflected in my feedback across all of my jobs, and while the feedback has always been very positive, almost all of it relates to my interpersonal and communication skills as opposed to my technical chops. I'm wondering what the long-term outlook for this is. I frequently receive more accolades and recognition from leadership than my colleagues whose technical skills and code output are objectively far superior to mine, simply because I communicate better and am more charismatic. Given management's favorable view of me, I have been ascending the ranks quicker than is warranted, beating out those who are much more qualified from a technical perspective. While I am able to complete the work that's asked of me, I can't help but wonder when I will stall as a dev and no longer be able to meet expectations nor is it really fair to anyone involved. At this point, I can't help but feel that I would be able to contribute more in a position that utilizes my skill set more favorably, but I'm unsure what roles would be a good fit for someone like myself.
0: Lots of questions baked into that one.
1: Yeah. I can tell you have much stronger than average soft skills because, one, you listen to this podcast, yeah. so <laughs> puts you in the upper quartile upper, already. It's for like sure. in the
0: upper 95%. Okay. <laughs>
1: what's the what's the <laughs> did you see what I did there what's like the noun for that top for for that five percent a twentieth aisle you're in the upper twentieth aisle uh there is it that's quintile
0: oh wait Oh, twentieth is oh, fifth. sorry right? i I thought you were saying twenty percent tile uh yeah the tw- <laughs> I know what you're saying now i
1: the twentieth aisle
0: i was so I was trying to say the opposite I was trying to say that if you ranked everyone top to bottom you're above the bottom five percent
1: <laughs> oh okay top ninety five percent okay which is almost everyone. Top 90. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Also, you called us fellas and that just won me over.
0: It was a good mid-Atlantic use of the word fellows, I think.
1: Yeah, it did fit in well.
0: Okay. So, boy, I've got some good news for this listener.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What is it?
0: (laughs) Well, first, the bad news. I think you have a... uh, slightly incorrect view of how people get promoted and and quote climb the ranks (laughs) and it's not exactly all about technical skill let's just put it that way
1: so that's the bad news what's the good news good news is
0: you're well on your way to a very successful career in engineering (laughs) congratulations
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah charismatic great soft skills some technical skills is the foundation of of many storied careers yeah for better or for worse and and I got
0: to tell you, it almost doesn't matter what track you take. Individual contributor, you're gonna do great. Management track, great. You want to pivot into a neighboring field like product management, probably also great. <laughs> like you're gonna be yeah, you're gonna be fine because it turns out, and and this I don't know maybe this is a uh, something that took me a little while to appreciate about the real world. But your ability to produce at the individual level is really important, but your ability to communicate what you have produced and collaborate with others and partner is maybe even more important because the best product development in the world, the best code in the world, if it is not properly communicated or conveyed to other people, will never be successful.
1: So don't even worry about it.
0: Yeah. Like this is, you, you've asked the question.
1: Is that the advice? Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to the wrong show. You need to listen to the the hard skills engineering <laughs> podcast. Exactly. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go start your own. In fact,
0: maybe you should go start a competing podcast.
1: Nah, don't do that. Maybe you don't do shouldn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't tell our Patreon supporters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm wondering what the long-term outlook more accolades. I can... Hmm. So... If you feel like you receive more accolades and recognition from leadership than my than colleagues whose output is far superior there there might be some resentment around that, yeah, that can happen, and you might turn out like Julius Caesar, who like rose to the top and then got stabbed by a bunch of people who resented him, yeah, but you could also avoid his fate by uh using your charisma <laughs> see a charismatic <laughs> person wouldn't mispronounce that word um <laughs> using your charisma powers. <laughs> to spotlight accolades and attention on other people. Yeah, if there's someone who you feel like is doing great work but does not have the skill or, or or whatever for whatever reason doesn't doesn't get recognized like it should be, you can you can help them. You can point it out. Yeah, and and I think we've talked about this before, but th- there's this thing that happens where you uh, help point out valuable stuff other people are doing, mm-hmm. which is you get like a a tax of the credit just by pointing it out not even from a like sneaky machiavellian evil manipulative way but just just some of the vibes of like that awesome thing just it just rubs off on you if you're the one who helps uh, publicize that hey this person built this awesome thing and now and now the
0: person you told that loves both of you i love the awesome thing and i love you for telling me about it yeah that i agree with that this is a great idea
1: they should love the person who built the awesome thing too. So really they should love 3 things. Oh right, I forgot Otherwise, about. You them. just totally oh. eliminated the per- Yeah,
0: I mean, I just consider that to be one more skull on my ladder of skulls that yeah. I used to Yeah. You climb tell to the top.
1: okay, so you tell leadership about the awesome thing. Totally eliminate who <laughs> produced it. And then maybe they'll You fill don't in. say you produced yeah, exactly. it. Exactly.
0: You don't say you did. But they can fill yeah. in the gaps if they want.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and it just so happens the gaps will be filled in by tall charismatic <laughs> Handsome people <laughs> with great. Weird soft how they're skills. so productive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes what you don't say is more powerful than what you do. Yes. I'm not going to say I didn't build that. I didn't build that. <laughs> 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 I'm also not going to say who did build it. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Like one of the beautiful things and advantages of having skills like this is that you really can make the world a better place for those around you and and like jameson said i do think there's a risk that your peers may grow resentful because they know like they know that your um, technical skills might not be up to their might not match
1: theirs unless you're just so good at soft skills <laughs> that they're they're like oh question asker they we know they're not really pulling their weight technically but Man, do they tell a good story. Yeah. <laughs> and so we forgive them.
0: Your soft skills are so developed uh, yeah. that even the people whose skulls are in your wake are just praising you with their last breath. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't wait to be part of your furniture. <laughs> it will be an honor.
0: So yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest risk here is that your your coworkers will resent you as they come to terms with the hard cold reality that people who are great at self-promotion and great at communication and collaboration and interpersonal skills get recognized over those that don't, despite a skills disparity. Um, That's kind of sad, but I think you can definitely apply your skills to make sure that they get the recognition they deserve and it'll help level you all up together. But then in terms of like career cap, it's not happening. You know, I I read between the lines here in this question, uh, like, will I be able to compete? You know, it's like, yep. Because the playing field you're competing on is not the playing field you think. It is not about raw code output. Especially as you grow more senior in your career, leadership, especially outside of engineering, is going to expect you to have these skills. In fact, quite the opposite. Your coworkers who you're looking at and thinking they outperform me technically, they're the ones I think that need to be concerned about career growth in the long term. Because ultimately, without these skills that you have, they will be the ones that are limited. So so this is, this is hmm. like quite, your view that you brought into this question, not you, Jameson, but the, the question asker, is really yeah. quite the opposite, I think, of what reality is.
1: I, I mean, there are things you will never be able to accomplish that, that folks with more technical skills would be able to. And uh, I don't think you can, you can't like hide that you don't know what you're doing forever beyond, well, you can. But the yeah. higher up you go, <laughs> I, I feel like there, there's going to be more of a spotlight on output and delivery. And, and
0: Oh, I don't think so. I disagree with that. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the, huh.
0: the, I believe the higher you go, while there may be more of a spotlight or more demands on your output, the type of output that you need to produce will shift in nature. It's not just going to be how many features can this person crank out or how many bugs can they fix or how much code do they write. It'll be things like what business impacting uh, output can they deliver? You know, like what partnerships can they forge? What processes can they define that help the rest of the team perform better? How can they motivate an entire team to deliver more than they would without you? Like these kinds of things. And that's where, frankly, that's where the biggest recognition lies is in those kinds of outputs. This is my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, that sounds a lot like management as a career path
0: it's certainly it like if you go into management it's like 90 percent that right or maybe 90 might be a little high but like 70 percent. but there's also a bunch of other career paths like technical leadership you know like i've worked with some of the world's most amazing really senior engineers very tenured and i gotta tell you they navigate a lot of soft skills challenges understanding competing priorities between teams understanding social dynamics Understanding. But
1: did you feel like they had uh,
0: weak technical skills? No, they, they were pretty darn good technically. However, I'll tell you, not all of them. Um, I, here's an example. My my team was facing a very challenging intermittent bug in our software at one of these mega tech goes. and so management, you know, knew that we were struggling with this for like a week, and they said, "Why don't we bring in a principal engineer to help consult and get you guys back on track?" And I said, "Great, mm. bring bring them in." And that principal engineer sat down with us for like four hours. And at the end of the four hours, we were no better off. They had no idea <laughs> what was causing the problem. Like they didn't help at all.
1: But the choirs of angels that you heard when they walked into the office. It was soothing. It was nice. Yeah. Lifted you up quite a bit.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. So like it, I just don't, I don't know. Also like your ability to crank out code right now, three years of experience, you're cranking out the code, doing average technical skill. Great. Um, The kinds of technical problems that you will be called upon to solve in the future might actually be a little different than just cranking out code. You know, the kinds of technical problems will be more like cross-team dependencies, architecture, you know, systems thinking, systems problem solving, things like that. And maybe you will be great at those because the same skills that make you good at interpersonal relationships might also make you good at inter-process communication.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They share some of the very same first letters, those words. (laughs) Uh, interesting I don't know that that's a theory I think you're a little bit further on the spectrum of like I feel like I I I want the hard technical skills to maybe matter a little bit more than you think they do for the future career growth fair enough but maybe I'm wrong and maybe I need to work on my soft skills enough so that I can understand how right you are (laughs)
0: let's can you hear the charisma in my voice Jameson obviously I'm right
1: Yes, I can. <laughs>
0: I know you're. I, I know you're probably right, and I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. You know, at the end of the day, like no amount of charisma and smiles and glints in your eyes and that little twinkle sound that makes when you smile and your white teeth show, you know, deets. yeah, like no amount of that can compensate <laughs> for just a lack of technical skill. But I'm really latching onto the fact that it says I have average technical skills.
1: Okay, so so you're not worried, like. There's a thing they'll be asked to do that they just cannot yeah. deliver it.
0: When that happens, it really is career limiting. No matter how friendly you are about it, if you just yeah. can't deliver, you know, but...
1: You can't deliver with such a winning smile, right. though. <laughs>
0: I'm going to write this down <laughs> as delivered because you just... That smile <laughs> it's just captivating.
1: Yeah. Well, have we answered this question?
0: Well, let me just, let me just wrap up by saying there is a cynical view here. Um, and the cynical view is that you can always find someone who's willing to hire you and promote you if you say the right things. And, and we all know someone like this who yeah. kind of climbed the ranks with, but really doesn't have the, the skills or the contributions to do so. So, like, I would hope you would avoid that path. Like, I would hope you would continue to develop your technical skills and be a genuinely solid contributor, but then complement it with these great skills as well. Yeah. Okay. That's all I had to say about that.
1: All right. Well... If people want to hear more of all you have to say, (laughs) what can they do?
0: (laughs) They can go to softskills.audio and click the uh, ask a question button. Um, We get so many of these questions every week and we just love them. Thank you so much for sending them in. We really appreciate it.
1: We do appreciate it. Thank you. And we will answer all of them or we'll be dead and there'll be nothing you can do about it.
0: Except replace us with someone who has better soft skills.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's true. Strike that. We'll do all of them.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's better than dying anyway.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week.